0: Sometimes we're like puzzle pieces and we are dreaming these pieces but we can't see the whole puzzle. But when we come together and we share then those pieces start to fit together and create a bigger picture and we realize that we're totally interconnected. (laughs) And it's absolutely a phenomenal thing to experience that. It's mind blowing and it can be life changing in a good way when we do realize how interconnected we really are and that our dreams are there to teach each other and to heal each other so we don't dream just for ourselves we dream for each other. Welcome to Alone Traveler's Guide to the Divine, a podcast for empaths, healers, seekers, and dreamers. My name is Amanda Lux, and I'm the creator of the Elevation Hive School and Community Membership for Energy Medicine and DreamWork. In this podcast, I offer teachings, poetry, songs, musings, interviews, and inspiration, And in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about community in the context of dream work, why it's so important for our personal evolution as well as the collective, and why I personally am so dedicated to growing and participating in sacred community, because unless you have done dream work in community before you may not have any idea what that even means it might sound crazy like communal dreaming what is that you just lay down and take a nap together but no you don't or you could actually I think that would be fun I do have a vision of a retreat one day where sometime in the future maybe we could all sleep outside under the stars in some sacred location and seed our dreams together because that would be really really amazing So I do have a vision of that sometime in the future. And also in this present day moment, even when we can't necessarily gather in that way or we aren't as often, uh, there are so many other ways that we can get together in community and so many reasons why we need to. So I'm going to be talking about that today. So today, as I said, I'm going to be talking a little bit about communal dreaming and why that is so valuable and how it can transform your life, how it can support your personal growth tremendously, way more than what you could do by yourself most of the time. And there's this sense of isolation that has come out of pandemic times (laughs) is a real thing, even if you yourself aren't isolated and you have a close-knit circle of people around you, or even if you're still dealing with the public in some way, the truth is that that kind of isolation permeates the energetic field of our global collective experience. Ultimately, no matter how extreme that negative pull gets of separation or isolation in the world, there is an equal uh, amount of positive growth and connection and awakening that's happening at the same time. So we can be in the experience of isolation while acknowledging and holding space for the reality that we're also coming into more and more unity all the time. It's an amazing moment in history to be in a conscious communal movement. And you don't have to be in the same room to get that transmission there are so many benefits to the ways that we are technologically meeting these current circumstances of distance and breaking down different kinds of barriers between time and space. It's a really, really special thing. We used to have to only have community with the people that were able to come to our fire and sit around our fire. And at this point, in our evolutionary process, our fire can be virtual and people can come from anywhere. It's just amazing. So, I'm gonna go into all of that a little bit more, but first I just wanted to introduce this quote by the late Thich Nhat Hanh. He said, It is possible that the next Buddha will not take the form of an individual. The next Buddha may take the form of a community. A community practicing understanding and loving-kindness. A community practicing mindful living. This may be the most important thing we can do for the survival of the earth. So Thich Nhat Hanh talks about the next Buddha showing up in the form of mindful community. And this quote is really dear to me because I came upon it at a time in my life years ago when I was really receiving this same message, this guidance in my own dreams and the waking dream of my life. I was receiving visions, synchronicities, and direct guidance from my guides and helpers who were just urging me to start a dream circle to bring people together to not just teach energy medicine and polarity but to share the dreaming and the more i did the more i wanted to bring people together and i found that that every time i would share a dream talk about it leave space for it it would just move through my life in a much more potent way I would have insights that I couldn't otherwise gain for myself just from sharing it out loud. These would come to me later or they would be reflected by the person I was telling the dream to. And it was really, really powerful. And as soon as I did start to gather people in dream circles and do this work more in classes and workshops and online dream circles, I really started to notice that I wasn't you know, alone in that experience. (laughs) So many people were having profound realizations and awakenings and movement. Energy moves when we when we bring things from the unconscious into the conscious realm. So it's very very powerful. In Hinduism they say that the waking world that we think of as reality is actually the sort of illusionary reality. They call that maya. And in the Iroquois tradition, it's said that our dreams offer us access to the real world and our waking world is the shadow world. And then, of course, you have the Australian aboriginals who don't even see time in a linear way or the night dreams that we have as being separate from the dream of our reality in the waking reality. So that's a really, really powerful thing to look at all of these other cultures throughout time and history and how they have valued the dreaming. And it feels to me like we're in a time in the evolution of our species where it is really important to bring that back. And that's really what I was hearing in my own call to do community dream work was that the dreaming is valuable. It needs to have more opportunity to be worked, played with, taught, remembered. And if you're a person who is interested in becoming a more conscious, awakened being, then fundamentally to me what this really means is bringing those thoughts, emotions, things that are in our field that we haven't really digested, processed, or become aware of, and bringing those forward. Because once you become conscious of the patterns or conscious of the reasons why you're perpetuating those patterns, you can change them. And oftentimes this can start with changing the dream. You can do this work in the dreaming. And I wanted to just speak to that for a moment. Because when I talk about communal dreaming... You might be wondering, what does that even mean? But what that really means is you're coming together with other individuals and you are sharing your night dreams if you have one to share. And oftentimes we think we have one, but it might be something from our life that needs to be tended, right? The dream of our life. And so there's a difference between just sharing your night dreams and working with conscious dream work we actually re-enter one another's dreams and re-entry is just like a, a process of meditation you listen to them describe the dream they describe a location an entry point for you to go back into the dream and maybe there's something specific they want to know about the dream and so you go with that purpose and from that place then you Project through your active imagination and in your dream body, you project yourself into that location. You go into their dream. And now this seems like it could be like ridiculous, like you're just making it up. But what happens like monthly, I do these, right? I do two different versions twice a month. And I've been doing workshops and classes for years now. And what happens every time almost, <laughs> is people have these incredible synchronistic experiences that are healing, right? And sometimes the person re-entering your dream will see things that you didn't tell them were there, but they see them. And that is really, really common because those dream places are real. Those dreams are real. They're not made up. And so, of course, they're going to see things that you didn't tell them were there. <laughs> that's just normal. If you enter a room and somebody described the room to you, they're not going to maybe say every single thing that's in the room. You're still going to see it. So it's kind of amazing how that kind of validation can really support the work because then you know that you can trust what you see and what you feel. And things seem weird or odd or you don't know why you're seeing it. And you just say it anyway. And the more you get that validation, the more you realize that it's valuable. So what is so powerful about communal dream sharing? It's powerful not just for the validation that we get that yes, these dream places are real places, that these events have actual consequences, that they could be actual precognitive warnings of things that we need to heed or they could be pointing out things about our health or they could be letting us know what's to come so that we can prepare and make more conscious choices and be related to our own decisions so dreams have all kinds of, of ways of serving us individually but when we do come together and share them in community we start to realize that we're not only dreaming for ourselves, that oftentimes when people are paired up to re-enter each other's dreams, they often have some similar resonance within what they're going through or what they're sharing. Or maybe the other person's dream really has a message for the person who they shared it with. It's really, really common for that to happen. So I'm really aware now that every time I share a dream, it really does become the other person's dream in a way. Like, that's not just something you try on. It's something that um, is another aspect of reality. You're hearing that dream for a reason. It's coming to you for a reason. And sometimes when you listen to that person's dream, whatever lesson or reflection is helpful for them might also be for you. Or there might be something else for you in that dream. Sometimes we're like, puzzle pieces and we are dreaming these pieces but we can't see the whole puzzle but when we come together and we share then those pieces start to fit together and create a bigger picture and we realize that we're totally interconnected (laughs) and it's absolutely a phenomenal thing to experience that it's mind-blowing and it can be life-changing in a good way when we do realize how interconnected we really are and that our dreams are there to teach each other and to heal each other so we don't dream just for ourselves we dream for each other and we dream for the earth and for all the creatures and for all of the beings that are both in body and out of body we dream way beyond this reality and when we start to work with our dreams in a conscious way taking action in our lives based on our dreams to really honor the dreaming to really respond to that intelligence that is coming through when we take the time to do the work of remembering and of recording and tracking and then we share we have the opportunity to learn and grow exponentially and help others around us learn and grow and heal exponentially. So if you look up on the internet type in precognitive dreams and any large disaster, (laughs) like 9-11, or wars, or tsunamis, or shootings, you'll find story after story after story about precognitive dreams. Lots of people having dreams about these events before they happened. And most of them aren't doing anything about those dreams. Some of them are sharing them, but there's nothing to be done. They're just like, oh, I had this dream, what do you know? and you know there's story after story on the internet about people who had dreams that they were gonna die the day that they went to the World Trade Center and and they did you know and what if they had listened there's also story after story about people who did listen (laughs) and they didn't go but the point is is that lots and lots of people dream precognitively it's not actually a special skill there's some statistics out there saying that over fifty percent of people have Reported precognitive dreams recently, and that is just the people that report them. So, how many people are actually reporting when they have them? Nobody's ever asked me to report, and I have them all the time. (laughs) And I see people in in my community having them all the time. So it's kind of like, you know, it's a it's actually really makes you question time. And our community is not all just the people that we know in our lives. Our greater community involves people we haven't met yet. It involves people that are part of our lineage and our history who we never had the opportunity to get to know because they came long before us and they have long since passed. Those ancestors are part of our community, whether we have relationship with them directly or not, but we do have the opportunity to cultivate that, to listen. Our community also involves not just other humans, whether they're alive or not alive. Our community can be made up of all kinds of beings who are interdimensional and who are here to support us if we are willing to receive it. Our community can also be the spirit beings that take the form of plants or stones or places or projects and the the healing potential or play potential even that is wanting to come through another being another sentient being that is not in a human form so throughout time in almost all indigenous cultures animals were personified especially in their spiritual allyship and when you start doing dream work, almost everybody has these experiences where you start to dream as or with different animals and you start to understand the, that we're not separate from animals, that we're not separate from stones or from the earth or from our ancestors or from the people we haven't met yet, that we are all interconnected. And through the dreaming, we can have a direct experience of this kind of interconnection. It's very, very, very powerful. And when we make close relationship with these other beings and and with the earth, it becomes a part of us, and then we wanna take care of it. We become stewards. We start listening to the stories and realizing that we are a part of them. When we start to share those stories, We realize that they contain spells and clues and evolutionary keys that others were waiting for. And we could never have known that unless we took the risk and shared. So it's a really sacred thing. So maybe you're doubting whether or not you have the capacity to do dream work or to do dream reentry. Maybe you haven't trained your imagination or learned how you hear it. Maybe you just haven't learned your own personal language around it. You know you might be wondering is it safe to share your dreams and and where is it safe to share your dreams because there's a lot of us that don't and maybe we don't want to share our dreams because we have resistance or fear or trauma or maybe we don't have the tools or the courage to really look at those dreams or to be in the scary dreams. Or maybe we just don't think they're interesting or they hold any real value because we haven't had that validation yet. We haven't taken the time to create the practice of writing our dreams down or tracking them or paying attention to how they are showing up in our lives. Maybe we don't know how to listen for that because we've been tuned out. We're paying too much attention to social media or external interactions to really listen to those subtler synchronistic events that are talking to us through our dreaming. And maybe we're just not dreaming because of our sleep habits or our diet or that we're not taking the time in the morning to be still and reflect and record and recall because maybe we get up and check our email right away or we get up and we forget we were even sleeping, we're already thinking. We're so trained to jump into that left brain, logical, um, mechanical way because that's the way of our culture. But these are all just practices that anyone can cultivate if they choose to. They're not reserved for certain special people. They're accessible to anyone who wants to do that work. And you will begin to dream more powerfully if you do it. That's just how it works. And dreaming in community can be actually really super fun and entertaining. (laughs) There's a lot of dream games where we plant certain objects and we go and find them in our dreams. And people will find them or where we will visit sacred places or we'll do dream theater or we'll do dream art and there's so many different ways that we can play with our dreams just because they're potent and life-altering and healing potentially doesn't mean that they can't also be playful and fun and even silly so that that energy of play is really valuable in dream work because we're talking about the right brain creative imaginative side of ourselves that needs to have room and it needs to color out of the lines and be expressed so one way to engage your own dreams is to really start to play more in other ways (laughs) you know just exercise your your creative imagination and then to just start sharing your dreams with those who are around you with anyone who will listen and you can ask them specifically not to give you their interpretation because Maybe you don't need that. Maybe you just need a safe space for them to hear it. So you can start with creating that container yourself and inviting some select people in. In closing of this episode, I'm actually going to invite you to play a communal dreaming game with me and to engage in the jigsaw puzzle of dreams. And there's several ways that you can participate in this communal dreaming experiment. One is that you could seed your own dreams using the same prompt. And it's super simple. You just write it down as soon as you wake up. You record the dream and then you can share it with someone in your life or send it to me in an email and i'll put links and instructions and all of that in the show notes another way that you could engage in this is to ask of your dreams or the dream of your life how is my dream your dream what is there in this dream that i'm sharing for you specifically why did you come upon this podcast right now who knows when you're coming to it, but it's meant for you, right? There's something in that for you. So you could ask that of your dreams and the dream of your life and then pay attention to the, your own dreams, to the synchronicities and experiences that come up for you. Maybe you have a conversation that feels related or maybe it's reminding you of something that happened in your past, and so I would, I would invite you to just play with this and just be curious. Like, how is this dream talking to me? What is significant for me? And then if you do have something that you feel like sharing with me, you're welcome to. I would love to hear it. And maybe you even want to come on the podcast and share it. <laughs> so just feel free to send me an email if you feel like sharing it. But also just do that work of being conscious and, and sitting with it and contemplating and noticing Now, we all dream as long as we're having REM sleep. And oftentimes, the average person dreams at least two hours a night. We have up to six cycles of dreaming in the night on average. So I know I had many more dreams. And some of the dreams that I had that I forgot that I had might have been even more potent, but I don't remember those ones. (laughs) And the most important thing for me in dream practice is to just value the pieces you do remember because there's a reason why you're remembering that and not the other things and i just try to assert to myself that what i do remember is what i'm supposed to remember and so i trust it so even if it seems totally unrelated to the seed i trust that there's some content there that has value, even if I don't see it right away. And so the reason why I'm sharing this dream is that I didn't wanna just talk about why community was important or communal dreaming specifically, but I really wanted to give you a lived experience of it. So the dream seed that I planted was, dear dream guides, please bring me a dream about the power of community and how it can support the earth and raising the frequency of the collective. And so the dream that I had went like this. It has several small parts. In the first section of the dream, I'm in a museum that feels like a college and it's closing soon. And there's really only one thing that I'm super interested in seeing. And that is a, a wall mural that is on this second story walking bridge. And I can kind of see it from down below when I look over at the wall. Like all I see are all these faces and they're painted on this mural. And I just want to see it so bad. I'm so curious about it. It's really what I've come there for. But before I can go and see this, I have to do all of these other things. And I never did make it in the dream. So then there's another part of the dream where there's this group of people that are processing chicken breast patties. (laughs) And there's like hundreds and hundreds of these uniform chicken breast patties. I just saw like piles and piles and piles of these sitting out. And then the last part, there was just this young girl who was dressed up, she was me, then she wasn't me. And she had some friends and she was about to leave. And I was thinking, she's not even gonna remember who I am you know, she had long, dark hair, really pretty, dressed up. Anyway, when I woke up and I had these three little snippets of this dream, I really could not for the life of me figure out why any of it was important. (laughs) But I knew that I needed to honor the dream that came. I needed to honor whatever showed up, even though I mentally don't understand what it could mean or what would be important. I just knew that that was what i needed to honor because that was the dream that i got and then this morning i had a zoom call with a friend of mine we were just going to be working on our own projects but being together in the space supporting one another and i think this actually is really demonstrative of how communal dreaming is helpful right I was working on my podcast and I was really stuck and I was just kind of spiraling down and then I realized well I'm here with my friend before we close I might as well let her know and see if she can help me and so I told her what was going on and I was like you know I'm trying to write this episode and I feel like there's just no meat to it I feel like it's this my podcast, if it was a sandwich, it would be all bread and there's just there's no meat in the middle. And I kept using this metaphor. (laughs) I must have said it three or four times in the fifteen minutes that I was talking with her about it. And then I told her just the tiniest piece of the dream. And of course the one piece that I did tell her was about these chicken patties that were all piled up in the dream. I'm like, what the heck is that? That doesn't even mean anything. You see, my dream's pointless. How am I going to make something out of that? (laughs) And I'm gluten-free and vegetarian, right? So it's not like I don't even really know where that metaphor came from. When I kept saying to her, where's the meat? There's no meat. And then I realized that in my dream, the one part of the dream that I told her about There was all these piles of meat. There was enough meat for hundreds and hundreds of sandwiches. (laughs) And I suddenly felt like that was this clue. That was one of those jigsaw puzzle pieces that was telling me this dream, this is the meat. This is what you're looking for. It's a clue, right? And I didn't get it until after I had written it. And then I had spoken it out loud. And then later is when I actually got it. So, you know, sometimes it's funny like that, but That was the synchronicity that felt significant enough. And so I knew I needed to take action to really dig more into this dream because clearly there was something here after all and I just didn't see it. And so what I did was I re-entered the dream. Just like I was describing earlier where we can re-enter each other's dreams, we can also re-enter our own. And I re-entered this dream and immediately found that I was like flying over all of this landscape of past dreams that I've been in, conscious and night dreams. And the being that was carrying me was an aspect of me whose hair had turned into um, bird wings. And she took me back into my dream and I was in the college slash museum And she took me to the mural and i really wanted to go there because i as soon as i was back in the dream landscape i realized that i never got to see the mural and i really wanted to see it and so we went to the mural and at first all i could see was what i had seen in the dream which was a bunch of faces but now that i was looking at them up close they were all profiles all different races and ages and time eras and I was thinking to myself how time-consuming that would be to paint a mural with that many faces because faces take a lot to paint and there was just like hundreds of faces and they almost looked like they were swirling in this sort of watery stream of color and it started to move and come alive and I, I followed this swirling stream of color and I realized that it was attached to a larger face and it looked just like the Queen of Coral Dreams that I painted on a mural in Puerto Rico just in December recently and it this is a profile of a face that looks like the cosmos it's just black with stars swirling inside and so it was a face in that same style with hair coming off but the hair was these swirling other faces and on the other side of of the, this profile of the cosmic face was the earth and it was incredible and I learned from looking at it and it was moving and interacting with me and I was feeling the potency of this image that this was my mural And that the meaning of it was really about the interconnectivity of how all of us are one being and how this one being is the earth and how we are all part of the cosmos. And this whole image started to make sense to me and I could feel that it was a a living uh, story, that this image really was conveying the power of community and how we can support the earth. If I hadn't journeyed back into the dream, I never would have seen this image. And I was so glad I got to see it because it was so beautiful. It was so magnificent. And it really did feel like there was a power to it that was beyond just the, the imagery. It, so I really felt that this dream contained the seed that I had planted about the power of community and how it can support the earth and raise the frequency of the collective that by recognizing that we are all of these individuals that we are part of the cosmos, that we are part of the earth, that that it is this knowingness that comes from doing the dream work. And I just know that that's why I'm doing this work and that's really the invitation of this episode is for you to join me in that to just to begin to work your own dreams on your own to just start paying attention and remembering them and to share them with the people around you and to value and cultivate sacred community with other individuals who can see you and hear you and reflect for you and to gather those people around you And if you don't know where to find them, come to one of my dream circles or classes. You're invited. And I would love to connect with you and hold space for you. So thank you so much for listening to another episode of Alone Traveler's Guide to the Divine. Thank you for liking and subscribing and sharing this podcast. And please make sure and go to the show notes for links to our upcoming workshops our dream circles and thank you so much for being a part of this sacred community for participating with your energy for participating in this jigsaw puzzle dream game and in whatever way that you feel called thank you so much we're all